11 Personnel is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Rams ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks ticket prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Plus, when you go on and you click on a game, you click on an event, a concert, whatever it might be, the great thing is it shows you right away where your seats are going to be, the view from your seats. You don't have to make any extra clicks it to tell you the price, the row, and it'll give you a great view of what you're looking at. That's always big to me. Before I pick a ticket, I don't want to have to click on the various seating charts or the different websites to look at what my view is going to be. I want to see it right up front, and it's right there on the app as soon as you click on the event. It's a great feature. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store right now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. What is going on, Ram fans? And I have a feeling you might be a lot happier today than you were just earlier uh, yesterday, the day before, last week for sure, the last three weeks uh, for that matter. The Rams got themselves a nice, big, easy win on Sunday over the hapless, we have to admit that, uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but there were a lot of good things to come out of this 37-10 win by the Rams. Uh, a new look defensively. Uh, they did a whole bunch of different things because they have uh, the personnel now to pull it off. Uh, I thought the offense showed some life. I really was impressed by young David Edwards, the rookie right guard, who uh, or left guard, I should say, um, who really brought some athleticism and some physicality. Jared Goff looked good. He was protected, passed well. It was just a good overall win. By no means was it perfect. It was the Atlanta Falcons, but the Rams needed to get back onto the winning side of things. They did that. It was a fun locker room afterwards. They're happy. They're ready to get back to work and then get to London um, and, and see what they could do against the Cincinnati Bengals, as usual. Uh, this is Vinny Bonchier, by the way, uh, with The Athletic. This is 11 Personnel, your Rams podcast. I'm with Rich Hammond, who's back in Los Angeles. He's also uh, with The Athletic. Rich, uh, how do you feel? Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, a, a pretty big win for the Rams? Forget the opponent. Um, forget all that. Just the fact that they were able to put together four quarters of pretty decent football and win going away. Yeah, Vinny, it, it's what they needed. Was it perfection? No, it wasn't. But you look at what happened the last three weeks and everybody's like, are they swirling the drain? How much panic should they be? Should there be? And they got their feet back under them. And that's what they needed to do this week. You couldn't you couldn't erase everything that happened over the last three weeks. You couldn't make everybody forget about it. That wasn't going to happen. You couldn't answer every single question. That wasn't going to happen. But what they did is put together a very solid performance. They did basically what they should have done. They, they played an Atlanta team that's not very good right now. Uh, that They moved the ball pretty well. They can't stop it at all. Um, and the Rams went in there and played the game that they should play. They, they basically beat them, you know, whatever it ended up being. Uh, they beat them about 30 to 10. I know they got a little weird there at the end uh, with, with various things. But, but they went in and had an absolutely dominant defensive performance. And then on offense, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. There, there were some ups and downs, I thought. But it looked more like the Rams offense uh, than, than we've seen in quite a while. So again, to me, Vinny, it's what kind of curve are you grading on? Are, are you measuring this Rams performance against the last three? Because then I would look at it and say, 
that's pretty good. You saw some clear improvements on both sides of the ball. Are you measuring it against 2017 and against 2018? Then, yeah, there's still some ways to go. That, that was not a, a performance that you would put up against some of them that they turned in over the last two years. But again, you can't fix everything in one week. You can't expect perfection uh, just flipping from one week to the next. So to me, Vinny, it's, uh, we'll be able to put this, I think, in some context over the next couple of weeks here. But to me, it's it's a nice stepping stone. It's it's getting their feet back under them and maybe now with the potential to, to build to something better uh, next week in London. Yeah, no question about it. And I think that, you know, um, you know, when you look at uh, you know the the nuance of this win and and how they played defensively, this is the kind of defense that Wade Phillips prefers. It's what he's known for. Um, man to man coverage, a lot of uh, uh, blitzes from you know linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties. We saw the whole uh, you know uh, the whole the whole menu today. Even though uh, they they probably got into about thirty percent. I mean, Jalen Ramsey told me that they they dummy down you know the, uh, the the game plan basically because he only had two days really to uh, to to get into it. So there was a lot of things that the Rams did. That was basic of nature for this type of defense, but still it showed the kind of principles and some of the dynamics that this defense is really predicated on and what they weren't really able to do, um, you know, the the last year or so because they didn't quite have the personnel to do it. You could go all the way back to Tremaine Johnson. Uh, He was the cornerback, one of the cornerbacks uh, in, in, in 2017. Uh, he just wasn't a man type of a type of a corner, and and neither, as it turns out, uh, was Marcus Peters. But I got to tell you, Jalen Ramsey is exactly that, and he fits really well with Nikel Roby, who's a really good corner, uh, you know, slot man corner. Troy Hill uh, uh, does that pretty well. Obviously, he's not you know Jalen Ramsey's um, type well, but he's good enough uh, to to be an offset kind of a guy. And and some of the youngsters, Darius uh, Williams and and David Long Jr. That's what they're all kind of known for. So you fit the best in the league at that with that, and it changes everything. And we saw a, a lot of that uh, on Sunday, and I was I was really impressed by the quick turnaround and the quick way that Wade just said, okay, I'm back to, you know, kind of having the personnel that I need. This is what I'm going to do. And and it was a pretty impressive performance against a pretty good offense. Um, you know, uh, as I wrote in, in my article that's on uh, The Athletic right now, you know, these guys were, the, the Falcons were averaging, uh, you know, over 300 yards passing. Um, they, they're second in the league in passing yards. They they threw for, what, 100, 189 yards, uh, although about 159 or so, 169 were, were with Matt Ryan before he got hurt. So the Rams really put the clamps on a very good passing offense, and it was pretty impressive to see in a lot of ways, not just the coverage, but also the pressure that they got on Matt Ryan sacking him five times. Yeah, Vinny, your story is is great and has uh, some really insightful comments from Eric Weddle in particular. So if people haven't read that yet, I'd encourage them to, to go to the app or the website and, and kind of see from a player's perspective. Uh, I, I think, as you noted in your story, Vinny, I think Eric did a nice job of kind of tempering his comments a little bit right. so as to not to disparage anybody in particular. But I, I think you can, it's clear even from a from a, just a few comments that Eric made that, that you can see how the players feel about this and, and about what the potential is uh, for for more down the road. So Yeah, and, and real quick, um, you know, and, and it's not to disparage uh, Marcus Peters, and that's kind of what, you know, Rich was getting at. 
Marcus Peters just doesn't play that type of defense. You can't expect, you know, at, at this level, at any level, really, you know, when you start asking or expecting guys uh, to do something that they're not able to do, uh, you're just you're just setting yourself him that that the player up for trouble. Um, and it's nothing against Marcus Peters. He does what he does really well. Um, and I mean, he had a pick six against the Seahawks in his debut with the Baltimore Ravens. So he knows what he's doing. And in the right type of system, he's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, uh, as long as everything else is, you know, uh, fits his, his style of play. It's just that the style of play that Wade Phillips prefers uh, needs more man coverage, more of that tight coverage, which is exactly what Jalen Ramsey does. So nothing against Marcus Peters whatsoever. These guys are smart enough and and uh, and savvy enough, professional enough to know. Hey, I can't knock Marcus Peters because he can't do what we're you know what what we need him to do. That's not his game, and it's ridiculous to even get mad at somebody for for something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Good, great point there, Vinny. And yeah, just to to do the numbers real quick. I, again, you, you say what you want about the Falcons. They're they're always able to to move the ball very well, especially in the air. And uh, just wasn't there today. Matt Ryan, before he leaves with the ankle injury, 16 of 27 for 159, zero touchdowns, one interception. They only totaled 224 yards total. Matt Ryan just under siege. I mean, as people who do this, you know, what, what we do, Vinny, we don't, you know, we don't really pick sides or anything. But I got to tell you, I, I, felt, I felt sorry for Matt Ryan, just the, the way that he had to play that game and uh, the, the type of pressure he was under and just constantly under siege. It, it could not have been a real fun uh, afternoon for him. I, I want to get into Jalen Ramsey a little bit more. Uh, and specifically what he was able to do and, and how he played in, in his debut. I thought that was impressive. But Vinny, this game is going to re- be remembered for two things, one of which is Jalen Ramsey's debut with the Rams. The other thing will be Aaron Donald uh, basically putting Devonta Freeman in his calming corner uh, in the third quarter. If any everybody who saw the game knows exactly what we're talking about, there's a little bit of a scrum after a turnover. Uh, Devonta Freeman kind of yanks on Aaron Donald's uh, face mask, which is not something I would recommend doing. Uh, for I wouldn't do it, Vinny. I don't. I don't think you would either. And um, I don't think most rational human beings would. And uh, Aaron responded as you, you might expect. Uh, he got right back at Devonta and basically grabbed him by the shoulder pads and lifted him off the ground and kind of pushed him back about three yards or so. It was. Uh, it's impressive. It's. It's something to see, Vinny. And I couldn't stop watching. It. I get, like, it took me out of the entire rest of the game because I had to go back and, and find a video and just, you know, kind of reconstruct it, the whole thing. So I imagine, Vinny, that uh, th- there were probably, you talk about the locker room being in good spirits. Uh, I'd imagine that was probably a little bit of it. Yeah. And I asked Nikkel, uh, uh about that. And he said, he goes, I rarely laugh on the football field, but I was pretty much cracking up when that happened. And <laughs> he goes, because it was like he, he described it as, you know, like like a big bully you know, lifting up a third grader and, and he used his fingers. He goes, and his feet were dangling down there like this, you know, like this little kid. And it was true. It's exactly what happened. And I got to say this, you know, Aaron Donald for as ferocious a football player as he is, he's really a nice guy. Okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he is, he's a gentleman and uh, he could have really done some damage to that dude, uh, Freeman. Um, (laughs) And, but he always, you know, he can control himself uh, pretty well. And thank God, uh, for Devonte Freeman that he can because he had him up in the air yeah. and could have easily thrown yeah. him to the ground, uh, but he didn't. But it was very comical, and the players were all just talking about it, just shaking their head because it was with ease. We say that he lifted him up. That's one thing, but he right. just did it like he was a feather. I mean, it was a it was a right. 
you know, and and so Aaron Donald, uh, in a nutshell, right there. Devonta Freeman's two hundred and six pounds. Yeah. This is not like it's not like he did it to JoJo Natson. With like full I pads. mean, he picked up a a grown man in full pads and just kind of like like you said. I you know Aaron Aaron is not. I know he has his moments on the field. Everybody does where you kind of yeah. you know lose your temper a little bit. But yeah, you're right, Vinny. For what I mean, and then the guy took a swing at him too. I mean, not only did he you know, kind of yank his face mask, but then after that he took a swing at him. So Aaron, all things considered, I, I think probably showed some some pretty good restraint there compared to how that could have ended and uh you know for Devonta's uh, <laughs> uh sake he's probably happy that some some teammates stepped in there too so uh, I I don't think the we... referee took him down <laughs> the referee took him down that was to add to the uh, humor of the whole thing all of a sudden he goes down and I'm like who just took it and I looked at the replay because I saw him on the ground and I, I had been doing something so I didn't quite see how he got to the ground and then Lo and behold, it's the referee who uh, you know uh, who, who did it. So uh, yeah, kind of a, a funny situation uh, there, and the humor provided by Freeman, but really uh, by our guy Aaron Donald for sure. Right, and as you said, Vinny, the other thing that this game will be remembered for obviously is Jalen Ramsey's debut, and we didn't know exactly what uh, to expect, even in terms of how much he could play. Uh, as you noted in in your stories throughout the week, he, did, he didn't practice very much. He only really had two days of practice after being traded on on Tuesday, and uh, obviously no familiarity with with the defense. Uh, he had only really played uh, with Dante Fowler, so he didn't know a lot of the guys. He hadn't played or practiced in a couple weeks because of <clears throat> a back injury. Um, so you, you didn't know exactly how things were going to look on the field. I don't have the numbers yet, Vinny, neither, none of us do exactly how many snaps he played. It, it looked to eyeball, eyeballing it for me, it looked like quite a bit, uh, probably more than, than we expected coming in. Four tackles, uh, does not record an interception. He did record that forced fumble where he actually just leveled that guy. I don't remember who the back was at that point, but, uh, put his head down and, and knocked the ball out. And as you said, Vinny, you're never going to take Julio Jones completely out of a game. It's just not going to happen. But he did not do any substantial damage against the Rams, either when he was uh, being covered by Jalen Ramsey or anybody else. Uh, the Rams did a very good job on Austin Hooper, who I thought was going to be a problem. I thought that might be a matchup that, that was a, a problem for the Rams. And I don't believe Hooper even got a catch until late in the third quarter. Uh, Calvin Ridley had a couple of nice plays here and there, but uh, for the most part, Vinny, a, a great uh, effort for that Rams defense. And uh, again, you got into a little bit in your story, but but maybe you can share with the listeners too. Thirty uh, percent, maybe is is that what they were playing out there? And and when you talk about kind of dumbing it down, um, what what exactly are we talking about there? Well, he was talking about you know. Uh, when you're dummying it down, it really affected the other players because they weren't necessarily, um, you know, dialed up as much in like coverage, coverage schemes and some of the some of the things that they're going to start doing once he gets more familiarized, um, you know, with with the coverage schemes. There's a lot of exotic things that you could do back there. It's really pretty complicated, actually. I mean, unless you're a football player, then it's, yeah. you know, you kind of know it like the back of your hand. But there's there's nuances to their defensive uh, coverage looks. Um you know where, and and in talking to Weddle, they were they were talking throughout the game. You know, and what what Eric was really 
impressed with was, you know, I would say one thing sometimes in during the play while it was going on, like I got this or you got this or, you know, roll over or, or whatever. And he goes, and he was just, he, he said, Jalen was just on it every single time. He's really, really smart uh, and astute. And you could tell that just talking to him that he knows, you know, what's, what's going on out there. So, um, so because of his limited knowledge of the defense, they kind of had to keep things really basic um, you know, and that meant the other guys not necessarily doing some of the things that, you know, that, that they would normally do or get that deep into the, into the playbook. So they had to really scale it back. But even with that, they were able to, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's a key, to, you know, maybe, maybe playing it like that is actually, you know, kind of, kind of helpful. But, um, but one thing that Jalen said was, you know, he's looking forward to, to getting to know, um, develop a little more chemistry with his safeties, because obviously there's a lot of communication back there, a lot of trust. You have to know that, you know, you're on the same page when you're doing uh, things, not unlike when you're making switches in, 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 in basketball or, you know, uh, Rich was the hockey guy. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that, you know, knowing that if I leave my guy, you know, my guy's got, you know, is getting covered because, you know, the, the guy behind me or, or to the side of me understands what's going on. So different things like that. But I think that what he can do at the very basic level, and I was watching him every play that he was out there, really keying in on him and the defense uh, of, of uh, Julio Jones, which that's who he guarded the entire game. He did so many different things to to Julio, whether it was running with him, whether it was bodying him up um, and being physical with him. But he but he never really gave him much room uh, to operate. There were there was one play where they kind of ran a little two man action um, with uh, with another wide receiver that he that he was able to get behind um, Jalen for I think it was. 20 some odd yard gain. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it, there was one particular play where he got all, you know, the, the majority of the yards or a big chunk of those yards. But other than that, and there were times where Matt Ryan, you sitting where we were, we're kind of towards the back of the, uh, one of the end zone, the corner of the end zone. So it kind of gave you, gave you a really good vantage point, especially when the Rams were on defense. Um, there were times where Matt Ryan, his first read was obviously to Julio Jones. He was covered. And by the time, he went to his second and third, um, you know, looks. That's where the pressure started coming, um, and and they were able to get sacks or you know get bodies on him or force him into quick throws or bad throws, and and that was coming from all over the field. You had linebackers coming up the middle. You had cornerbacks that broke off coverage uh, for for corner blitzes off of the edge. You had safeties coming from the middle and from the outsides. And those were things that we didn't really see, uh, you know, and, and we've been paying attention pretty, pretty well. I'm sure they, there were, there were blitzes, uh, you know, that were going on, but not to this extent, not where there were cornerbacks coming off coverage and, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, making plays and you got the line, Corey Littleton had a, had a sack that was on a blitz by, by the middle linebacker. A lot of times when Corey's on the field in passing situations, he's got to drop back in zone coverage, uh, because that was what the Rams were, were doing with man-to-man coverage. He's able to f- be freed up to rush the passer, and and you know he made he made some plays along with Dante Fowler. So it was really interesting to see the dynamics that that you know that Jalen brought, even on a very limited game plan. Yeah, the other thing to me, Vinny, is I think this game, as well as it turned out for the Rams, it it very easily could have been a nightmare uh, because the other factor is. They, they had to play without John Johnson, too. And even just taking him out of the equation, the impact that that had potentially not only on, on gameplay in itself, but 
on that communication that you talked about. You're, you're putting a new safety back there. I know those guys rotate a lot. So whether it's Marquis Christian, Taylor Rapp, whoever it may be, those guys have played a lot anyway. So it's not like they were you know, unfamiliar with things. But still a change, and still you're taking out a, a player in John Johnson who's very skilled and, and a very good communicator in himself. So even just taking him out of the lineup uh, would have had the potential to make some negative impact. And then putting in a cornerback who has no familiarity with any of this, who's barely practiced, uh, and you're and you're playing one of the most high-powered passing attacks in the NFL that very easily could have gone very very wrong. And there was a, in the back of my mind, even though I I thought the Rams were going to win and I thought they'd win fairly handily, there there was a a thought in my mind that that said, mm, you know, if if this, this starts to go sideways with that secondary, you, you could easily see it it going very bad for that for that Rams defense. And and it didn't. And that's a credit to the players and it's a credit to the coaching staff. For, for not only getting Jalen Ramsey up to speed, uh, but making sure that the whole defense was was on the same page. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And I think Weddle de- deserves a lot of credit. He really is the quarterback back there. But also, I mean, you know, we're we're, we're now going to see it even more prominently than we than we saw it before. But the drafting of Taylor Rapp, um, just a really smart and astute move. Uh, by Les Need and, and his staff, he's he's exactly what they need back there. Um, regardless of John Johnson's situation, you know Taylor's a, the part of the a big part of the future moving forward. Eric Weddle's not going to play forever. You assume that he's going to you know uh, take over for him at some point, but he's already been in, thrown into some pretty difficult situations. You know, not difficult situations, but you know, all of a sudden he's got to be out there playing more than was originally expected twice now, uh, today included. And he's keeps responding. Um, when you talk about uh, the tight end for for Atlanta, uh, who got basically shut down, Rap played a big role in, in that. He he draws the tight ends a lot, um, and he had coverage on the on on on, uh, uh, on him really well. So you know, uh, and Marquis Christian, you know, he started the game, and he's always been sort of a silent um, but but really effective reserve player that they can count on in a lot of different ways. So they didn't really miss a beat. It'll be interesting, you know, next year uh, when all of this kind of comes together and John's back out there healthy uh, to see how, how, you know, good that secondary can be. But it's got the makings right now of a really, really, really good secondary. And the young players, you know, Troy Hill played well today. The future is going to be David Long and and Darius Williams is in that mix as well. Um, I've been impressed with Darius pretty much since he got here last year. Um, uh, you know, just, you know, watching and observing him in the locker room. He's very popular amongst his teammates. He's he's smart and he's funny. He just hasn't had the chance. This year he's getting the chance. And in training camp this year, he was really, really good against some really good wide receivers that the Rams have in practice. So you see that he's a guy that 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 could be, you know, in this mix for, for some time as well. So it's shaping up as a really good secondary. Indeed. Uh, two more things about the, the Rams defense for me. Um, one is it's weird not that we're not going to go too much deeper into this, but Dante Fowler, my goodness, uh, three sacks and, and very easily could have had a fourth. I mean, he, he had Matt Ryan in his arms, basically, and and uh, Ryan slipped away. So uh, and again, he, you, you talk about a little bit this in your story, Vinny, of uh, again, that that's a Jalen Ramsey impact there too, because it frees Wade up to to do different things with his pass rush, and uh, we all know what Dante Fowler can do off the edge, and uh, he had a, a great game. Uh, but the other thing, Vinny, just to circle back to the question about style and about Marcus Peters, 
I, I agree with you 100. percent It's it's not you, you can't ask a player to be what he's not. And you know, I remember when the stuff started happening last year, and there were questions about Marcus, and oh, he was getting beat, and and the Rams said, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna change our style a little bit, and and you hear coaches say this a lot, especially good coaches, confident coaches like Wade Phillips will say, it's not you 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 don't fit your players to your scheme. You fit your scheme to your players. And, and I get that. And that's a very admirable thing for a coach to say is, you know, you don't, you don't first, but basically you don't force a, a round peg into a square hole. Uh, but at the same time, the, the entire rest of the defense essentially was constructed in a certain way. Uh, and when you bring one player in who doesn't necessarily fit that structure, that style of play, and then you ask the other 10 guys to change for the style of the one, I don't think that works a lot of the time. Maybe it can, maybe if it's just subtle things, um, but it, it didn't look to me. And look, the Rams made the Super Bowl last year. Let's not forget that. It's not like this whole thing was a disaster. And, you know, as soon as they started changing the way that they played, the whole thing just went into the toilet. I mean, they were fine, uh, but I, I think you can see now that the difference and, and when you have somebody who can play the way that Jalen Ramsey plays, it's not just the way that your cornerbacks play. It's the way that your edge rushers play, even the way that your interior uh, linemen or linebackers play. It, it really does kind of trickle down. And that's why I don't, I agree, Vinny, I, I don't knock Marcus Peters. He didn't come in and, and demand that they change the way that they play their game. Uh, but, but I think you can see the difference when you have somebody who, who fits that philosophy a little bit better. Yeah, and and you know the the Rams, you know, like you said, they figured that out and they made the necessary changes. And you know, I've talked to some of the coaches uh, about that and kind of you know uh, what they did, and and it and it, it became sort of a bend but don't break, you know, and and just have to. And I, I give Wade Phillips a lot of credit because the defense played pretty well. Marcus played pretty well. He just wasn't getting he wasn't getting burned as much, obviously, and that was a huge thing. So. Uh, you know, credit to to Wade for for being you know, like you said, a good enough coach and a confident enough coach to make the necessary changes. Uh, it it helped get them to the Super Bowl. But going back to Jalen Ramsey, it's and it's not even just that. Oh, he has that kind of a skill set. That's what he does. He's really, 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 really good at that particular skill set. Like he's, you know, I'm not going to go so far. I mean, I, I will actually. He's an Aaron Donald type player at his position. There's no question about it. I saw it with my own two eyes today how good this guy really is. I honestly, I mean, you know, I've known about Jalen Ramsey. I've seen him play. But when you get focused on a team that you're covering, it's hard to really dive into somebody else on another team because you're just so preoccupied uh, with the team that you do cover. So got a chance today to really look into what he does. And when you're saying... <laughs> when you're telling when it's it's who it's not even and the other part of it the flip side it wasn't just any wide receiver it's Julio Jones for crying out loud he's really good himself so it was quite quite the battle yeah Julio won a couple of those those battles that's going to happen but by and large that was just a a, a matchup that Jalen Rose decisively won and to me and you know this covering sports being around sports for as long as you had have it's not just what you do. It's what your presence allows 
others to do. It's it's the impact that you have. We talk about it all the time. Does does LeBron James make other players better? Yes, he does because all of the besides the fact that he's really good, all of the focus that that he draws or the things that he's able to do. Um, and, and then his willingness to pass the ball, you know, I'm getting into a LeBron James thing here, but he's making other players better. A guy like Aaron Donald can help make other players better because he's freeing, you know, he's they're, they're seeing less uh, blocking uh, coverage. Uh, and so if they can win one-on-one battles rather than having to deal with double teams, they're going to be better off. Jalen Ramsey, we saw today what he allows other players to do. And when you start sending guys on blitzes and Corey Littleton uh, comes to mind and, and, and all of a sudden they're able to do some of the things that they do really well, uh, but couldn't necessarily do because of how the scheme was situated the, the, uh, you know, last year and, and to start this year, you see what kind of an impact he has. So we're not just talking about a guy who fits really well in the scheme. This guy is damned good football player. Vinny, I, right now I can just see Jalen Ramsey's agent, taking cuts of this podcast and you know he's an Aaron Donald type player and it's just that's going to be like in Tony Pastor's inbox and Kevin Demoff's inbox like a year from now like hey hey Aaron Donald type player you know guys Uh, even even your own beat writer says it and so but you know what I don't disagree and it's a small sample size of course but the, the, the good thing is it, it's a pretty good sample. I mean, like you said, playing Atlanta, it's not like they were playing some awful offensive team that, that can't move the ball. I mean, that's that's not a bad first test to go to go face the Atlanta Falcons. So um, there's a lot more to come, and, and there will be a lot more tests, and I'm sure there will be some ups and downs. But I, as, right. as a debut goes, I, I don't think you can you can argue against it. It was it was something to behold and and another you know it, it also gets into you know uh, there, there's been some discussion obviously and we love guys we love and girls we love all the discussion all the feedback all the back and forth that we do on twitter and everywhere else q and a's um but i know that there was an argument where because i made the point um that your 2020 first round pick is jalen ramsey you just all you really did was give up a, a 2021 first rounder and a fourth rounder for the right to draft him this year and 10 games earlier than you than than you would have you would have never gotten him a player of his caliber in the draft but the uh, the argument is well you can't just say that because you know that 2020 player would have is under contract uh you know through 2024 at a at a fraction of what it's going to cost i don't care i don't care because who's first of all who's to say that 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 pick at the end of the first round or wherever it is in the first round is going to be at even that good or worth what you're going to end up paying him. Uh, he's certainly not going to be, I mean, maybe it could happen, but, but will it happen that he's going to be as good as Jalen Ramsey? I, you pay that guy and you are happy to get him whatever the cost was because he's that good and he makes that much of an impact and he makes your team that much better. And I don't care that it's, you know, that you're going to have to pay so much money, more money than you would have your 2020 first round pick. The guy right now is giving you what you need, and that's what it's all about. So, uh, you know, get a little get a little fired up on this, on that argument that I, it's not the, the money. I mean, it's the player. It's what the talent is, and this guy's talent level is through the roof. Right. Yeah, it's, you have to put some value on that. He's 25 years old, and he's at the top of his game, and he's going to stay there for a while. He's, he's a known quantity, and, and he's probably going to remain one for, for quite a while, whereas a first-round pick or even two first-round picks, uh, especially late in the first round, which is where the Rams 
probably will be drafting, uh, they're, they're crapshoots sometimes. They're coin flips. Even high first-round picks are, are crapshoots and coin flips. The Rams drafted uh, Greg Robinson. They drafted Tavon Austin. I mean, are those, if I, if I told you that those were going to be the two first-round picks, would you rather have guys like that or would you rather have Jalen Ramsey? I think I'd rather have Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so again, I'm not saying it's going to turn out that way either, but you, you don't know. There's more uncertainty when you're talking about draft picks, whereas you're talking about a, an all-pro cornerback right now who you can potentially have for, for the long term. So there's no... And that 2020 mm-hmm. and first rounder ain't helping you right now. No, he's, <laughs> he's somewhere no. in college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not going to win the Super Bowl for you this year. But uh, speaking of things that may or may not win the Super Bowl for you, Finney, uh, the offense. Uh, it, to me, we, we've been heaping praise uh, upon the defense, and I, I think rightfully so. A little bit harder for, for me to judge the Rams' offensive output against the Falcons just because the Falcons are really bad, uh, especially in pass defense. Uh, the Rams end up totaling 381 yards. Um, they had a pretty good day in the air. They, they passed for 291, so they didn't quite get to 300, although they ran the ball quite a bit at the end. I'm sure they could have gotten there if they had actually tried. Uh, Rams 8 of 16 on third down. Very good, especially after last week when they were very bad. Uh, even got a fourth down conversion. So uh, all those things trended in the right direction. Uh, Jared Goff looked more comfortable to me just in, in reading kind of his body language and, and the way that he's able to step into throws. Very good effort by the receivers. Robert Woods just had an amazing game. I, I don't know how much it shows up in the numbers, but uh, but he had a very, very good game. And, um, you know, the offensive line pass protection, fine. But again, that you just it's not a good uh, test for me that the Falcons. So, uh, Vinny, what do you think? The, the run game didn't get there. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But again, I, I kind of circle back to where I started, which was that it, it was fine. It was fine. It was what they needed from this game. Was it superlative from the Rams offense? I wouldn't say that. Uh, but certainly based on what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, I, I would call it in general a step in the right direction. Yeah, and they, they didn't run it as well as they would have liked, but I liked the effort. <laughs> I liked the commitment right. to it, um, and they, they stuck with it. That was fine. Uh, I know some people were getting mad on Twitter uh, during what? the game. Uh, yes, exactly. Of all things. Um, by the way, thanks for explaining the point about the uh, the first-round picks and all that better than, than I could have. No, no, you, you do. I was, all, I was all fired up and everything like that. But you said, <laughs> Vinny, what you were trying to say before you got all Italian on us was this is what you, you know. But So good good job. Uh, that team. was a really good point. We're a team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, the run game, they, they, they committed to it. Uh, I, I, I like that. The people were getting some fans were getting mad because Jalen, or excuse me, that uh, uh, Jared was just out of the reach a couple of times, um, you know, on Gerald Everett, um, and you know, you know how Twitter gets, and uh, I'm like, being there at the game, it was an inch here and an inch there, but you, but what I liked is they kept going back to it right. because he knew that that matchup was the matchup, and that's what I was trying to convey. You keep doing that. It'll come, and they haven't had that much time in terms of real chemistry during a game. Uh, there's been there's been a couple of moments here and there the last few years, but it's something that they're continually working at. And I like the fact that even though it didn't work a couple of times for various reasons, some were just you know slightly off throws by Jared. I thought there was one that you know that that Gerald could have come up with. Uh, but it didn't, and and you move on. And the good thing is he keep he kept kept going back to it, 
and then they ended up connecting on a big play and then and then got the touchdown. So uh, I, I really think it's important for the Rams to continue to go to that well uh, on the tight end because I really think that that helps everything else in the in the passing game. So I did like that. Robert Woods was really good. Thought Brandon Cooks got into the game a little bit today. Was uh, Cooper Cup's off day? I guess uh, it happens. I people hit me up all the time about fantasy uh, football. Who should I pick? I don't know. You don't know from game to game which wide receiver is going to be the hot wide receiver. Uh, that's a really good problem that the Rams have in that regard and is liable to be anyone. So, uh, But I thought I saw some really good things offensively. I really, really liked what I saw from David Edwards, uh, the, the left tackle. Uh, and last night, you know, I kind of got a little bored and I was looking at the Rams offensive line, their new uh uh, uh, positioned offensive line, they're, they're the new crew that they have there. And if you look, it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and LSU. All right, and the LSU that that uh, um, that Andrew Whitworth played is not the high flying LSU of now. It was like a pound it kind of under under yeah you know so so less miles offense. This what the, the this offensive line. If you go back to college in their in all of their last years, I think I add it, it was well over two hundred yards that their teams collectively uh, averaged on the ground, and you can just see the physicality just by how he looks. David Edwards brings to that position, and I think a little bit more of an attacking kind of a style. Nothing against Joe Noteboom. But he did come from a pass-happy TCU uh, kind of an offense, and and that's fine. And you, you're going to need that, uh, you know, in the NFL. Uh, but um, I really, I, I've been harping on this for a while. I, I think the Rams really need to get back to being a big physical offensive line and, and offense. And I think that with Edwards in there, and I think he's just going to get better. Uh, I think that you're you're on your way. And so for a rookie to step in there. Uh, on the road and, and play as well as he did. He had a couple of moments and, and Andrew Whitworth was there by his side to let him know a couple of times, uh, you know, in, in, and you could see that it was not done nicely a couple of times. You know, he got into it, got into his ear a little bit. And I talked to David afterwards. He was just laughing. He's like, yeah, well, I love it. You know, I, I, I need that to have that kind of, you know, insight to the left of you is, is just really good. So really I, th- I think that that was a really good building block for the Rams offensive line because even though the run game didn't materialize, they stayed committed to it and they protected Jared Goff really well. Yeah, Vinny, and, and we literally just talked about this last week, you know, the and I think it was in the context of the 49ers actually and how they, they weren't running the ball particularly well, uh, but they were consistent with it and, and it opened up some other things. And, and you look at the numbers, the balance that we always talk about and that we always people always demand from the Rams – they attempted 36 rushes and threw the ball 37 times. You can't do any better than that. And I know at the end it got very run heavy because they were protecting a lead and kept it on the ground, basically. But even even take away those plays, and, and the balance was still much closer than it's been in uh, previous games. So, yes, they only aver- averaged 2.5 yards per rush, and, and that's not great. And that's going to have to get better. I, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. Uh, they still need to get better on that, and they can still get more push up front and uh, open up some more holes for for Todd Gurley in particular. Um, but just that mindset, Vinny, like you said, and kind of getting into that where you, you are having those drives where you're grinding it out, running it three or four times in a row, uh, that bears some fruit uh, on the other side. And the other number that jumped out to me, Vinny, when, when we talk about trying to get this Rams offense back to where we're used to seeing it was the balance. You look at the top four guys, uh, from Brandon Cooks, uh, Brandon Cooks and Gerald Everett, four receptions. Robert Woods, five receptions. 
Cooper Cup six, six receptions. Uh, that's very balanced. Even the targets, Gerald Everett had kind of, you know what we would consider a breakout game. He had ten targets. Cup had eight. Cooks had seven. Woods had seven. Uh, great balance across the board. It's not just one guy. Uh, who, who you have to worry about, or even two guys that they did a much better job in this game of, of spreading the ball around. And uh, like you said, Vinny, using that tight end and, and just making the opposing defense think a little bit more about each of those guys. And one last thing, Vinny, and I want to get your, your thoughts on seeing it live is to me, I saw a lot more rollouts um, from Jared Goff. And I saw probably more play action, even though that's a little bit more of a staple of the Rams game. So I'm wondering how much of that, well, I know it was all by design, but how much of it maybe was to take a little bit of the burden off of that offensive line. Maybe it was to give Jared a a little bit more space where he didn't feel like he was maybe as claustrophobic in in the pocket. But uh, did you see that venue? Am I imagining that? Or was, was there more of that stuff today than we've seen maybe all year? Yeah, no, no, no. There, there, there definitely, there definitely was. And and I would add uh, on those targets, y'all, he also had passes thrown to Tyler Higby, um, Todd Gurley, and Daryl Henderson. So I think I counted seven uh, tar- seven players that he completed that Jared completed passes to. That's when he's at his best. He's a kind of a point guard mentality back there. Get it to the open man, and and he's really when and that goes to also protection because when he has time to look at the field and see the field. And he's not always going to get stuck on the first wide receiver or the second wide receiver. He has really good vision uh, in the in the pass game, and sometimes you know it, it'll it'll he'll work its way to the third wide receiver, and if that wide receiver is open, he'll get on the ball. And so I really liked the uh, the uh, you know how many wide receiver or how many receivers. Uh, you know, actually caught the ball and how many he, you know, he, he targeted. So that's a good thing. But yeah, there were some rollouts. There's some bootleg action uh, that they did. Uh, I'm not sure if that was just baked into this particular game plan because that was a that was something that they saw against this team. It usually is with Sean McVay. He usually sees something and and you know we'll we'll uh, we'll go for it and design some plays to exploit it. Uh, but it's also good. Um, you know, to, to, to show that. And I, Hey, Jared even scored on a, on a bootleg. You know, I asked him, I was like, you know, where have you been hiding that? You know, you just saving it for the right moment. And and he said, he goes, you know, it paid to be slow on that because that linebacker that he deeked is really fast. He goes, so I, he goes, he was trying to say that his slowness kind of threw the other guy off a little bit and, and then was able to sucker him into making that move and, and going to the end zone, by the way, he also said, because if you notice, he spiked the ball, okay? Uh, so we asked him, he goes like, <laughs> this is pretty funny. He's like, the first thing I was going to do was throw it up against the wall. He goes, and just as I'm kind of like cocking back to do it, he was going to throw it up, you know, the, the, you know, the back of the end zone, there's the, uh, where the where the fans are, basically. You know, he's going to throw it up against the stands. He goes, just as I'm cocking it back, I look... <laughs> I look over there and I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of fans there. I don't want to kill anybody, you know. So, so in mid, in mid, because I just said I just decided to spike it. So it wasn't he wasn't intending to spike it. He was going to actually throw it up against the wall, try to be all tough and everything like that. But then caught his caught himself because he didn't want to injure anybody in the in the stands. So it went to a spike. So he was like I said. You know, I tried to convey this in the story a little bit. It was a really happy locker room, kind of the locker rooms that we've been used to seeing the last couple of years, um, and and so they were they were definitely feeling good about themselves. And I think they 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 really felt good about how they went about, 
you know, winning this game on both sides of the ball. And you also had a fake punt, so the special teams got into it. Uh, not a bad day uh, all the way around, although Johnny Hecker did shank one. Uh, and Greg Zerline, as you pointed out, did miss another field goal inside the 40, kind of redeemed himself after that. But one thing I want to add, Rich, because you made a good point on a tweet earlier during the uh, during the game Boy, I'll tell you what, um, there's a difference right now between Daryl Henderson explosiveness and Todd Gurley explosiveness. And at least in this game, um, Daryl, Daryl's going to take one to the house. I feel it coming here. It's going to happen pretty soon. You know, he's, he's just going to get a little bit more confident and, and, you know, believe in what he's seeing a little bit more, uh, to then kick it into that next gear and just blow by people. And that's going to happen. I really believe that it is. Whereas Todd, it's just a little bit less of that, you know, and, and I feel even bad about saying it because I hate injuries. I hate that about sports. I don't know. We don't know exactly where his knee is uh, physically, but it sure looks like it's just not the same Todd Gurley, the same burst, the same athletic ability. He was brilliant on the pass reception. That really had nothing to do with, you know, explosiveness. That was just him being Todd Gurley, just a, a tremendous football player. But I'm not seeing – either. it's either a lack of the explosion or he's just really running tentatively, um, more tentatively than we've ever seen him. But it's something, and, and it was really noticeable against the Falcons yeah I agree Vinny I'm not gonna even get to get into the medical stuff or all that but but to me he, he looks fine in space um and you know if he's able to get through and kind of into the the open field or into the second level I, you see it a little bit and certainly when he had that amazing touchdown catch I mean he got down the field yeah. pretty well so it, it's not like he's hobbled it's not like he's limping or he's clearly but but the, like you said Vinny it's just it's at the line of scrimmage. You see it, and and whether it's something with the offensive line, that that could be part of it too. I'm not even could, necessarily could saying be. that it's the knee, uh, but he's he looks like he's kind of trying to pick his spots a little bit. Whereas Daryl is just kind of like, well, here we go. You know, I I see a hole, and, I, and I'm going to go for it, or I'm going to make this sharp cut to the right, and I'm going to go there. And uh, again, so maybe it's a little bit of a thing with the line, but uh, in, in those situations, you can see the difference. I mean, especially in, in those a couple series where they were out there on the same drive and you, you could see the difference uh, in, in the, the style and then the way that they were just kind of hitting the hole and things like that. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to we, we've been trying to play doctor here for, for almost a full year and, and, you know, everybody's failing pretty much. But uh, but again, I, I think you can see a little bit of the difference in. Vinny, I, I agree. Whether it's a, a run or, or a screen pass or something, I, I don't think it's going to be very long before uh, before we see Daryl Henderson in the end zone. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be one of those take it to the house, eighty yard, 20, seventy-five yards. You're, it's coming, and because I could, especially it was again. I go back to where we were sitting. You can kind of see things uh, a little bit better from you know. It's almost like the coaches. Uh, view um, and so there was just a couple of times where he just missed making the right uh, cut that would have really you know busted open a busted open a play. But I know that he can do it. He's done it in college. It's really just a matter of you know seeing it and be confident and, and as, confident enough and assertive enough to just go for it. Really go for it, and and it's 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 going to happen. Well, Vinny, you talked about the happy locker room, and, and that's always a good thing if you're a team. It's always a good thing when you've had a three-game losing streak, but it's also very, very nice when you're not coming home, and that's what the Rams face right now. Uh, they are staying in the Atlanta area because the next game, obviously, is in London. 
against the Cincinnati Bengals. So per their per their custom over the last couple of years, since this is now an annual tradition to play an international game, uh, they they've decided to kind of stay over uh, in in a city and and practice. And uh, rather than making a long flight followed by an even longer flight just a few days later. So, um, Vinny, most of the guys are now used to this, right? I mean, I know some guys come in and out, but um, can you maybe, and I've done it too, you know, and and you've done it now for a couple of years in a row. Um, These guys live in luxury. Let's not let's not make any uh, bones about that. I mean, their accommodations are great. They stay at the nicest places. They have the nicest food. But even, you know, think listeners or anybody, think about your your nicest vacation that you've ever taken. There's still a value to that kind of feel of home. You still kind of get to a certain point and you go, oh gosh, you know, my own bed or, you know, my, my own family's cooking or whatever it might be. So to, to be on the road for that long, Vinny, it's, it's not all cake, right? I mean, it, there's, there's a certain challenge in having to, to do that for a full week. Yeah. And especially since there's, there's really a couple of days off that are involved too. Monday is a treatment day. They'll, you know, they'll, They'll hit the weights, get the blood flowing, um, get whatever treatment uh, they might need, probably get a little bit of a, some conditioning going, um, and then pick up their, you know, their, well, they don't even get, I mean, if you want some film with the next opponent, you can get it. But but then Tuesday is a complete off day. Um, so you're basically sitting around, I mean, you're at home, at least you're at, you're at home, you know, on the road. You know, you got to figure out what to do. You're kind of, you're kind of, you know, uh, cornered into a into a hotel room. Granted, it's a nice hotel that they're staying at, uh, but you know, it's still a hotel room, cramped quarters. And so, and you go out in a in another city, you know, you're you're going to be noticed. All that kind of there's 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 uh, challenges to just doing that, depending on who you are, which player you are. Um, you're not sleeping in your own bed. You're eating differently. It's just a whole you know change up to to your routine. Uh, but they they are well versed in it, and then they'll practice on Wednesday and then regularly. Uh, even though it's not their practice facility, they'll go to Georgia Tech uh, to do that, and then they'll practice again on Thursday. And then us on an airplane for a long flight on Thursday night, uh, leaving at around seven o'clock from Atlanta to London, and then they practice on Friday um, there in London. It'll be kind of a, a photo op type of a type of a thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not the easiest thing. Nobody feels sorry for these guys. They don't want you to feel sorry for them. Trust me there. It's not that kind of a party whatsoever, but you know, when, when you're talking about a football season where there's a finite amount of games and a finite amount of chances, uh, to, to keep moving forward, any little disruption, um, you know, could, could have some sort of an effect and you just don't want it to be a negative effect, but there's no question that they're out of their element a little bit and they just have to deal with it. But Sean McVay's done a really good job of, um, you know, kind of taking this team around, uh, quite a bit. They went to Hawaii, they went to, you know, uh, Napa this year to practice against the, against the Raiders. They were there for pretty much a week. Um, they were almost, they were there for three or four days in Hawaii, even though a lot of guys stayed home. So, you know, they went to Colorado Springs last year. Uh, they went to Jacksonville two years ago. So they're they're used to it. Uh, but it is you you have to recognize the fact that there are some some challenges to it, and and it's just not part of your routine. The one thing that's evolved a little bit, Vinny, and now this is what the this is the third uh, London trip. Um, plus the, the trip to Mexico that never was. But yeah. in the first year, 2016, when, when Jeff Fisher was here, um, the Rams played in Detroit 
on a Sunday and then everybody flew straight to London and we were there for a week and uh, for us it was glorious it was awesome it was one of the best probably the best professional week of my life uh, because we basically got to be tourists in, in London uh, for a week and, and stay in the city and do all kinds of awesome thing the Rams however <laughs> were how far outward I don't know how many kilometers it is I never figured that out but but they were far away they were about 45 minutes out in the what is it Vinny village township uh, they were they were in a place called Bagshot. Bagshot, England. Um, and that, uh, what was it? Pines, something Pines. I can't, I'll have to look it up. But it was, if if anybody has a vision in their head of what Robin Hood is like, like that's pretty much what it was. Like they were kind of out in the middle of a forest and it was, it was gorgeous, Vinny. You remember, I mean, it was a beautiful oh, yeah. estate and, and, you know, great hotel. And it, it was, it was an awesome place. I'm going to say it was an awesome place to spend a day. Uh, but the Rams were stuck there for a full week. And uh, I didn't figure out until later. I actually, I thought that was their choice. But it was it was later explained to me that the NFL basically said, this is where you're going. And wow. um, so the players don't, that's a long time to be kind of isolated, especially when you're in a place that, that that's that cool. And, you, you know, you'd like to get out. Like you said, Vinny, you have a Tuesday off. Uh, you're still a human. You still want to go out and do things and see things. And these guys were like 45, 50 minutes out. And um, so I, I think they, they were not real pleased with that. And then the next year under Sean McVay, uh, they decided to um, stay. Where was that? Was that the Jacksonville year? That, that was in Jacksonville, yeah. Which Jacksonville? So I, I made yeah, Vinny go. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I, I stayed. That. I stayed back in Los Angeles, and the erstwhile Vinny Bonsignor went to spend a week in in Jacksonville, which I I think I still owe you for Vinny. So yeah, um, I remember. So, <laughs> I talked to, there's, I talked there's, to Dante about that. Yeah. When when he first you know joined the Rams, I'm like you know I we I we were back in and he's like, are you trying to say that there wasn't anything to do in Jacksonville? I was like, pretty much. He's like, Wait. he goes like, yeah. He's like, well, he goes, we knew. He goes, as players, there there were some spots. He's like, but yeah, right. that's right. that's and and going back to the London that first year, yeah, I remember talking to uh, one of the Rams linemen, and he was like, all we need are the bloodhounds, you know, and those. <laughs> And those goofy exactly. little hats, yeah, he, you know, with the guns to go out and hunt, you know, with these. it was literally like that. It was a forest. It was like, you know, it was like something that you would see in Sherlock Holmes or something like that, you know, in right. the big mystery and everything like that. And so, uh, but and and they and they, they ended up losing that game. They lost all the time that Jeff Fisher was was right. the head coach. But conversely, the Raiders this year, um, I forgot who they played right beforehand, but they won a game that was, you know. Uh, in the east someplace they hopped on a plane did the sunday thing practice all week in london and then beat the socks off of the chicago bears so right. it could work you know it's it just it's it's it, it there's no right or wrong way to do it but um you know i think the players are, are pretty pretty uh psyched to be in atlanta you know you'll have a night off in atlanta if you haven't been here it's a cool city and there's there's lots to do uh especially for young uh you know professional athletes there's there's plenty of places 
to go and eat a good meal and you know uh, do some sightseeing and I know Jared said that uh, he's looking forward to to doing that uh, for for a little while but it's really back to work on Wednesday and Thursday and then then off to London to play a very beatable Bengals team um, and and they're they're looking forward to, to to that and and trying to get to the to their break you know five and three and if that's the case then with Seattle losing on Sunday you know there's plenty of time left in the season and still room for them to get better. Uh, and I think that's, if you're a Rams fan, you should be excited about that, that there's room for growth here. And and I think the, the you know, the, the players to do it. It's not a hopeless, oh, they're never going to be able to to close that gap. I think, I think they have the personnel to do it. Um, it's just a matter of chipping away and, and just getting better and better and, and really... Uh, you want to be playing your football, your best football, uh, uh, towards the end of the season right now. So if if you're still ironing out some wrinkles right now, that's fine. There's 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 enough talent on this team and enough time uh, for for them to still make a, a major run here. I agree, and we, you know we talked about this game being a kind of a must win, and they got the job done. I, I think the same can be said for for this weekend's upcoming game against Cincinnati. It's just another must win game, probably even more so given the opponent and given the fact that uh, you're going into your bye week. So we'll see how that goes, Vinny. I know uh, you'll find something to do in Atlanta, right? I mean, you have to. Uh, it really is a, a fun town and, and a lot of uh, cool people down there. So the the place in London, England, by the way, was Penny Hill Park. I, I looked at Penny up, Hill. So. Yes. Yes, yeah, really is a you get uh, people when you when you get done, we'll be done in a minute here. So when you when you click off the podcast, go look up Penny Hill Park. It really is something uh, to behold. So uh, we'll be back, Vinny. Before you get on the big bird over uh, to England, you, you'll you'll join me one more time. Uh, be, yes, for, to, to preview uh, Rams Bengals, but. Uh, Everybody, uh, if, if you have any uh, restaurant recommendations, send them to Vinny, at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter. I'm sure he'd be glad to uh, to, to hit up some local eateries or, or things that he can do in, in that area. So I'll, I'll be holding it, uh, holding the home for it here in, in Los Angeles, and, and Vinny will be out living the life in Atlanta. <laughs> so uh, have, have fun with that, Vinny. And uh, again, thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. Uh, we appreciate the, the comments. It's always fun to see on Twitter when uh, people talk about the podcast. It makes a uh, uh, makes me feel good. Makes me uh, uh, eager to, to keep doing this. So thank you for that. Uh, you can follow along with us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Rich underscore Hammond. Vinny again is at Vinny Bonsignor. So thanks everybody for your comments, suggestions, all the great reviews and ratings and all that stuff. And we will be back with you on Thursday. And Vinny, uh, enjoy your time in Atlanta. Thank you very much. I'm thinking about going to check out the Jimmy Carter uh, Presidential Library. That's anytime I'm near a presidential library on the road, I, I try to try to knock it off the list. So, so looking forward to uh, potentially doing that on Tuesday. Always good to expand your mind. Well, we'll, we'll yes. check in with you on uh, on Thursday to see how that went. So, thanks again, everybody, and we will talk to you then. Take care, guys. <laughs>